Alright everybody, welcome in to the bi-week edition of one of these years, 2022 bi-week edition I guess we'll say. It's been a couple years now that we're into this. I'm of course Nick Baumgartner along with Colton Pouncey. Colton, you got a little bi-week cold in your voice going here. <laughs> how, how are we doing? A little stuffed up, but we're powering yeah. through. Yeah, <laughs> Powering through. It is it is fall. Uh, it's that five games into the season, the Lions of course on bye. Early bye for the Lions, Colton, but you know, really, uh, all things considered, Kind of like perfect, perfect timing. I I don't know. I mean, it's not perfect timing. You'd rather have it later in the year when you're, when you can use it for health reasons. But I think when we take a step back and we look at everything that's going on right now, uh, with the Lions, of course, one and four, and all the play on the field and and the reasons why people are frustrated, including the Lions themselves, a chance to stop and reset and retool feels like. Uh, it was like after they left the field last week, I was like, okay, well, they need a week off because yeah. like this is bad. And sometimes in the NFL, when you look that bad, the best cure for it is to just like have no time off and just get right back in it and and fix it because that's just how it goes. But they feel like to me, they needed it. It felt like a, a deeper reset. Do you feel the same? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because like even Dan Campbell... I think he said last week, you know, ideally you want like a week 10 buy somewhere like middle of the season. So you week can 10, of, yeah. I like that. Yeah, week 10 buy. Um, so you can kind of reset at that point, like halfway through the season. But he said based on where they are with all the injuries and just the mm-hmm. play that they've shown through five games, <laughs> I think he was like, you know what? This is the perfect time. I think he called it a blessing, which I don't disagree with for this no, game right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> Those are the blessings are few and far between, right? You got to take them where you can get them. And that's, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, I mean, when you look at this team right now, I mean, they played through so many injuries. Like, they, they intentionally have, yeah. rested DeAndre Swift these last two games, knowing that let's give him three weeks of shutdown. We'll get him back week seven against the Cowboys. He'll be healthy, we hope, for the rest of the season. Um, injuries elsewhere. That You know, they're getting some guys back from IR that they're kind of working back into the mix. So, between that and just kind of the general where Campbell says we got to take a look at where we are right now and reassess, I think those two things combined is kind of – what makes this such a good time for a buy, um, especially coming off a one and four start? They got to kind of reset and hit that hit that button right now. Um, right. So when you look at where this team is, I think there's no better time than week six buy. And they really did need to take time that you don't have during a game week, um, whatever extra time you can to take a deeper look. Like Campbell said it after uh, before the Patriots game, I think that they needed to take a look at every little thing on on defense, every single person who's touching it, coach, player, whatever. And I think that this week allows you to really do that more than last week probably did. Uh, like you said, Colton, allows you to get healthy again too. But really to go back and look deep into why are why are the struggles there? Why are they consistently showing up? Uh, and if you're Aaron Glenn specifically, what can you do to like further illustrate you know further from further making them worse i guess it's whatever because you're not going to get rid of a lot of them at this point i don't think but it is time it's a chance and and that's why i'm I'm really curious to see what adjustments or whatever they make after this and i wasn't really i didn't think we'd see as much in the new england game right i don't maybe i'm wrong again but i don't know yeah i i think you're right i mean for for me it was kind of i was always looking at the buy to see yeah, you know, when these changes were going to come, I didn't see. We saw some like some personnel moves, like Savion right. getting there at safety. Obviously, more Will Harris. Um, but to me, it's kind of like you can't really adjust on the fly, especially when you're still planning for game prep and all that stuff in the middle of a exactly. week. That's tough to yeah. do both. 
And so I really looked at this by as, okay, there, I, I assume Campbell and Glenn have been in the film room watching everything. Yeah, probably. Everything these first five games this entire week, and they're probably not getting much rest either yeah. uh, trying to get this thing right. So um, players might have some time off, but I, I assume this coaching staff is right back at it out there this week. So, um, And they've got a big task ahead because right. to me, the first four to five games, it's kind of like, we're, you know, we talked about this. Aaron Glenn wants to play a certain style of football. Yeah. At some point, if it's not working, you have to adjust. And so now this is the adjustment period, right? Like exactly. I'll give him. A, I'll give him a pass for those first five games because he wanted to see what he's, his guys can do. I get that. If they haven't proven capable, now you've got to adjust. Now you've got to actually make some changes. And if you don't, it's still a mess. That's that's a bigger issue to me. Um, so yeah. So we'll give him this time to see what he can do. You and I were never part of the Fire Glen, you know, crowd. No, 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 no. Um, but to me, it's like now this is like, okay, you guys are coaches. You have to adjust. That's what you're here to do. You know, you you know, you have a better understanding of your personnel now. So if you can't make adjustments and they're still bad, it's either just the talent isn't there or yep. you guys aren't getting the most out of these guys. So we'll see from here. It's 100%, 100% accurate because the further you go into it, um, and this is where, if you know, this is where you prove that you're a really good coach or not. This is where, which is why you're a coordinator. This is why... People are interested in you to a degree, you know, for head coaching jobs. Like, can you can you fix a mess? Like, because we all get into them. Like, I think that that's the that's the ultimate uh, answer. There's no coach alive, uh, including Bill Belichick, who sort of mastered the ability to get out of a mess. Like, that's just what you do in coaching. You you fix problems. And so, if you're Aaron Glenn and Dan Campbell, this is a huge week, you know, to do that because as you go deeper in Colton and I, we have a story. Uh, I believe that'll run early next week um, that we went back and looked at everything defensively specifically. When you get deeper into the problems, you know, it becomes less about, okay, well, yeah, obviously that's a player issue, but it's also a coaching issue because you're continuing to put that player in that spot. So those things are some of the things I think that you can look at this week if you're Aaron Glenn and those guys. Okay. You had a mailbag this week that I thought was interesting, Colton. Um, And a couple questions in there that I want to talk about, including the first one uh, from Ahmed here, who notes something that I've thought about a little bit um, this whole season. And I knew it was coming. I knew the reaction was going to come because of just how people got carried away. But let me read the question. It says, Colton, uh, you and Nick seem to think that the roster was thin, especially on defense all summer. Now that that, <laughs> that is now fact and not conjecture, in a league that, exhi- that exhibits parity, the Lions are always uh, always a few years away. How do we get to a roster that has depth and quality that matches up with the top eight teams in the league, i.e. teams playing on divisional playoff weekend? How long will that take uh, is Ahmed's question. And the, the first part of that question, of course, is where I want to start. And we'll get into the second part in a minute. Um, yeah, no, it's not shocking, right? That they're <laughs> that no, they're one really. and four. It's not <laughs> shocking that they're bad. It's not shocking that they're, they're struggling. Not shocking that they're losing close games, right? Like none of those things are shocking. Frustrating um, in some of the ways that they've happened. Like I saw some people be like after the... Uh, was it the Seahawks game or the Patriots game? One of the two. Maybe it was both. Like, this is the type of game that gets you fired if you're Dan Campbell. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Have you been paying any attention to anything? Or are you just, like, lobbing grenades from your, like, you know, bed? <laughs> you're not even from your couch, from, like, bed in the morning. Yeah. So it's like, what? I don't know. Like, Colton, we sat here before the season and did our pr- predictions. And I think that <clears> – <throat> I think I had to talk you up a win. <laughs> 
up to yeah. like seven uh, or something like that. I think we we're at six or seven. I was at six, and then yeah, we talked about the schedule, and I was like, "That is a light schedule. I'm, I'm maybe right. up to seven. Yeah. And hey, maybe they'll still maybe they'll still get there. I think that there's it's not impossible for that to for that to come around based on the, how the rest of the league is going to shake out. But like, did not think this was going to be a four and one team, or two and three team, or a three and two team. Uh, maybe two and three if you were lucky, but also and the people that say, well, you know, I mean, they were right there. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the NFL. Like, that's the difference. Ten points is a mile, right? So where did you think they'd be, I guess, Colton, right now? And and, and maybe before with that, where are you not surprised? And maybe where are you surprised? Because there probably are a few things, right, to be, to be fair, that have surprised us. Yeah, I would say... I'm not totally shocked record-wise. I probably thought they'd be two and three with the Seahawks game being the one that I was looking at as a win. Yes, like that's fair. Commanders and Seahawks two, and then three losses elsewhere. Um, so I mean, I get it. It's it's really not a big change. Like you're talking about one game from what I expected, probably. <laughs> but uh, exactly everything else I've seen, the like most of the most of the way it's happened has been kind of what I expected in terms of a bad defense. Obviously, this is probably a little worse than we thought, but still, yeah. a very bad defense. Um, very suspect secondary. I think I said that in that podcast episode, like the pre-week one right. episode. Yeah. I'm just like, I literally have questions about the secondary, about the, whole the, thing. the yeah. depth of this roster <laughs> all over the place, injuries, because, you know, that's been a problem. And it's all kind of played out that way. Like, I don't mm-hmm. – when you lose a guy like DeAndre Swift, that changes what you do. Uh, some of the injuries on offense, like, they've been able to weather a lot of that to their credit. But yeah. really in that New England game, I was just like, all right, yeah, they're not doing anything in this one. Um right. Your offense is in a place where, like, you can expect to lose a guy like DeAndre Swift for, like, multiple, multiple games and still kind of just put up 50 points whenever you want. Like, I didn't think it was there. And obviously, Bill Belichick kind of exposed some things. Right. And defensively, it's like, yeah, this is probably about what I expected. So, if you're asking me what surprised me, I would probably say, and this is probably the frustrating part for, you know, fans back home. It's kind of the coaching decisions and the in-game yes. management stuff. 100%. And that, that has to be better. Um, you talk about the Vikings game where Dan Campbell was so aggressive. Like, they missed that first field goal, and he kind of, like, turned and was like, all right, no, we're not doing this anymore. And we're going for <laughs> on fourth down. We're going to be aggressive. And it worked. It got them an extra, like, right. 14 points off that. It did. Those decisions yeah. alone. And so when you look at what he did throughout that game, and then at the very end, just switching it up and being like, I'm kicking this long field goal. Like, that's, to me, where it's like, you got to be a little bit more consistent in how you're managing these games. And I think that's that criticism is fair. 100%. Um, when you're looking at the Seahawks game, where that's that's game four at that point. So you should have a decent idea of what your guys can do. And you're still really not putting them in a, in a position to succeed mm-hmm. at that point. Um, like leaving Jeff alone on an island against DK. Like stuff like that. Or sending the house on third and whatever. Third and long. Like that's the stuff yep. where it's like you should know by now that your roster is incapable of executing this. Um so stuff like that, I understand. And I think that's probably the more frustrating part for fans of this team. But in terms of the town on the roster, the injuries, like all that stuff, I was like, this is going to happen, guys. Like this is probably <laughs> a six to seven win team. I don't know if that Commanders game kind of warped expectations for what this team could be, what the season could be. I think Hard Knocks did. Hard Knocks probably did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there were people saying this could be a playoff team after week I two. Know. I was just like, what I are know. we doing here? So I think that's kind of where I'm at. Like, it, yeah. it was going to be bad. Um, I understand that the way it's happened might not be everyone's cup of tea, but at the end of the day, like, I'm not really shocked by what I've seen. Yeah, I think that um, the 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 frustration. I understand a lot of it, and I don't understand a lot of it, but that's normal too. 
the part of it that I do understand comes from, like you just said, the um, the fact that you're still losing games now, uh, and you did. You lost the Vikings game from decisions, you know, by the head coach in a game. Like he's making what are whatever we want to call them frustrated aided frustration aided decisions, uh, emotional decisions. Um, I think Aaron Glenn is sometimes guilty of that too, um, but I think Dan by and large sets the tone for that, and that's just sort of how he is, right? And you can't just hammer your way through everything. You can't. That's how I tweeted that the other day. Like, you can't coach like you played all the time. All the time. Sometimes. And I think these a lot of times I think you can, but not all the time and not during a game. You can't, and especially you cannot manage a game the way you played it. That's really the ultimate point. And I think that's the frustration. But but no, man, I mean, like, they're not they're not there. And I think that this first five games, to me, has highlighted as much as... as if more than anything else, um, the front office and the coaches, and they do a good job of this, better than most places, I think, and I will give them credit for this, of being collaborative and talking to each other and being respectful of each other and all that. But I think they need to talk more. I think they need to communicate more. I think they need to be more on the same page about what they expect from A, B, and C, where they want to be, and whatever. Because, frankly, Dan Campbell and Aaron Glenn are like as part as much a part of the Lions' long-term plans right now as uh, friggin' Sewell, okay? Like, there is any guy on the team. And so I, I, feel like, I feel like that needs to be more probably behind closed doors discussed because there was just a disconnect, it felt like, between where the front office was comfortable with pushing the roster and where the coaches felt like they were they want it to be, right? Like, I don't know. It's a hard line to walk. You know what I'm saying? Do you know, you know where I'm getting at with that? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think we kind of discussed some of this in the story that's going to run next week. But it's kind of like when you see Glenn take all these injured – or sorry, you see uh, Brad Holmes take all these injured players in the draft that he feels yeah. athletically are the type of player that he wants. But exactly. maybe he got them on a discount because of their injuries and he's thinking long-term and he's not even mm-hmm. worried about the season like – and he said that, you know, before the season yeah, he did. with some of these guys. He's like, we knew about Levi's injury. We knew about Pascal's injury. And we were okay with it. We have no regrets with that. Like, Jameson, same thing. They knew about the ACL, obviously. It was going to take time to come back. Mm-hmm. So when you see these guys, even James Mitchell, there's a lot of these dudes. That they just <laughs> I know. Yeah. After. I know. Uh, so when you see, you know, Holmes say these things, I understand where he's coming from as a general manager, as an executive perspective. But for these coaches, and all these guys are former players, and they're competitive as hell, and they want to go out and win because their jobs depend on that, and they know that exactly. these narratives exist out there with this franchise. 100%. They're and trying shit changes. to win. It changes <laughs> right. in a hurry. Like, you <laughs> right. can lose that in a hurry. Like, Hard <laughs> yeah. Knocks built up so much goodwill, and it it's did. already obliterated because mm-hmm. of what we've seen through five weeks. So I do think there's a bit of a disconnect, and that's on Brad Holmes and, and Campbell and his staff to kind of get yeah. back on the right track. Like. If it's Holmes saying, you guys are fine. Like, just focus on doing your jobs. We'll get you the players you need in due time. If that's all it is, cool. But you, I think you see these coaches these coaches kind of forcing the issue a little bit in yeah. the way that they're coaching. And, you know, I, I think it's kind of it, hurt them at times. It has. And I would add this because I think that we just said stuff changes. And I think the thing that to add to this that maybe adds to people's frustration is that the offense has exploded here. The yeah. offense has taken – has taken off. I mean, it was before the New England game. It was arguably the best offense in the league in some in some uh, metrics. They're still third in scoring right now, right? Still third in scoring, which at the bottom end of the day, that's what we're talking about here, right? Scoring points. The offense 
has really hit. I mean, there just hasn't been a lot of misses over there, and, and they did inherit more talent, and Goff has played better. And so I think everybody looks at that and says, like, these are winnable games. You can shrink the rebuild. You can cut down on some time. Look what Jamison gets back. We're going to be running up and down on everybody. And I think the coaches saw that. I think they saw that in camp. I think that they knew that the offense was going to surprise some people. And they were like, let's stretch our legs and see. Let's roll the dice and see what happens. And it blew up in their face (laughs) to a degree. And now it's time to pull back and adjust, which isn't a shock and isn't whatever to anybody. Um, But yes, I agree with you, Colton. I think that at the end of the day, it's a conversation that needs to be ongoing about as much about why make the case for why we're taking the long-term road on this guy and maybe not spending money on that guy. I think that conversation is going to get more challenging this summer or this offseason, but also like they knew that, I feel like. And I feel like that's probably just a conversation. That's probably just, like you said, Holmes and Ray Agnew going to, you know, AG and Pleasant and being like, uh, if we've got X number of dollars to spend next next summer, what are the top, give me five guys at each spot and rank them, please. And then we'll go and recruit them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, or we'll take them into consideration. That needs to be more of a thing. I think that, that and maybe it is, maybe it isn't. We just haven't seen it yet because they haven't spent. And I think that there's that, like, if that doesn't happen, though, this offseason, then, then you could be a little more upset. And that leads into the second part of, Ahmed's question, which is like, how long is it going to take to get the roster to a point where you're you're good enough to where you can withstand some injuries and be a team that, and the answer is, it shouldn't take that long. It shouldn't take more than three years, but the difference between keeping that together and finding ways to overcome is in coaching and the little things and all the stuff and the team has to grow together and all of that. And there's still like two thirds of the way through that, I feel like. Yeah. That's my sort of short answer that I don't know if you have anything different on that part of it. No, I think that's fair. And like what you mentioned, I feel like it's just more of, you know, maybe they're having these conversations behind the closed doors and we don't know. Yeah, but they might be. If not, it's it, it can be as simple as a little reassurance to these guys because 100%. they're feeling the heat and I feel like they're kind of being hung out to I don't think they right need now. to be either. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. But publicly, it's kind of like, what's going on? Like fire Glenn. I, I get <laughs> Brad Holmes not going to come out and be like, we're fine. But behind right. closed doors, you can have that conversation and be like, Look, AG, AP, like, just keep doing your thing. We'll get you the talent you need. Just yeah. be patient with us. Like, we have a vision. We have a plan for this. You guys are fine. We know you're, you're trying to make the best of a bad situation. Like, mm-hmm. if that hasn't happened yet, it needs to. If it already has happened, great. Good so, for Right. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of where I'm at with this. And I can't answer how long it's going to be to <laughs> when the Lions might be a divisional round team every year. That's kind of like what everyone wants to know. But yeah. uh, I do know that they need more time. They need more talent. They need a couple more drafts probably. And they got to go after some guys in free agency too, like their thirty first defensive spending, and they got to spend I'm, money now. Yeah. I'm sure Glenn has some guys in mind that he would probably want, and AP can probably help there too. So I just think it's a matter of time before you get the roster where it needs to be. And I know no one likes hearing that, but that's kind of the the hard truth yeah. right now. And that's that's got to get cranked up now more on, def- yeah. on defense, and and it's got to even out. And you got to draft one. I mean, look, look, we talked about that in the spring. Chris and I were not surprised when the Lions traded up. We were surprised that they traded up and got a receiver, okay? We thought they were trading up to get Derek Stingley. And when he went off at three and then Sauce goes off at four, I was like, okay, well, they're probably not going to do it. And then they did it anyway. I'm like, what the hell? They could have waited and maybe got another corner and they got a receiver. So I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe uh, maybe there's something going on here. But yeah. in any event, 
like you said, Colton, I think it's just a matter of like just being more clear about everything that's going on at all times. And, and you know, look, guys are, they're tense, man. Their former players are just, they run hot. And I think that you just said it. Sometimes if you're the, if you're running the show here with a group like these guys, you gotta, you gotta go remind them, even if you don't think you have to. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to touch on, another question here from, which was from Aaron, um, which I think is important. Uh, and it's fitting that this question came after a Patriots game with Patricia on the other side. Uh, it's how close do you suspect this regime is to losing the locker room uh, after that debacle in New England? And hey, fair question. That was a terrible, terrible, horrible game that looked like they sort of threw the towel in in like the third quarter. So, you know, uh, you answered your answer in the mailbag, but I would turn that to you as you've been there as much as I have, more than I have, I should say. And uh, you know what's going on uh, in, in the connect there. Would you? Would you say that that's a fair question? And then I guess your answer on uh, where, where you think that whole thing's at. I think it's definitely a fair question, especially after that game. Where yeah, I think so too. It was 29-0 against a third-string, fourth-round rookie quarterback. Yeah, it's really sad. Um, it's so, I, I mean, I, I get it. And I think there are probably still some some nerves from the Patricia era uh, about yeah. losing the locker room and all that stuff. I, I'm not ready to go there yet. Um when you talk to these guys and they're they're saying we're close, we're close. Like Taylor Decker's getting up there. Frank Ragnow spoke on Monday and was like, "We we feel fine, guys. Like just take a deep breath. We'll get this mm-hmm. thing right." Um, I think that's what I kind of turn to when the veterans are like. Obviously, no like young player is going to speak up and say, "Oh, this this is bullshit. I don't want to be here." <laughs> uh, but the veterans are the ones that kind of set the tone in that locker room. And they're if they're good and they're saying the things that they're saying, like I'm not really paying too much attention to it. Now, with that being said. They're still frustrated with how oh, yeah. the season has gone because they know that they've been close. And I think that is what makes it more frustrating when you're losing games by three points, four points, three points, whatever. Um, like first three losses were a combined 10 points. Like I get that when you're right there and you can't do enough to get over the top. Like that's mm-hmm. frustrating for these guys because they're all competitors. But um, at the same time, I do think like they understand that this is a long season. There's a lot of football left to be played. And I looked at a guy like Deshaun Elliott, who literally got benched in this game to start. Yeah, he did. And he and was kind of forced back in action when Savion went down. And he's in the locker room, and he's pissed off, and he's, like, dropping F-bombs everywhere and then apologizing, apologizing and frankly, right after And I thought that was it. his best game. I thought that was his best game. He played well, yeah. Yeah. So he's dropping F-bombs. He's like, sorry, like, excuse my profanity, whatever, but, like, I'm mad. But mm-hmm. he wasn't mad at, like, his situation, his own personal thing where he got benched. He was mad at, look, 29 points is too much. Like that's that's not good enough in this league. Like we got to be better. And he's yeah. looking at it as a team perspective. And I, I, I don't know if anyone pointed out that they only gave up twenty two of those points, but uh, yeah, right. <laughs> but it would have been way worse. It yeah. didn't matter. Like he was still mad regardless. He's like, if we're gonna lose games, it needs to be three zero, six zero. Like otherwise, we have nothing to talk about. We have nothing to be happy about. And like to me, that I was like, okay, that frustration is aimed at their own play, not at the coaching staff, no, right, not at yeah, these in game right. decisions or anything like that. Um, and for a guy like Deshaun Elliott to say that after a game that he was benched and had to be forced back, that spoke volumes to me. So I don't really think we're at a point where you can say that the coaching staff is losing the locker room. But at the same time, the more Campbell gets up there and he's like, this is on me. Like, I do wonder if that stuff kind of will wear thin over time if it continues. Um, but yeah, I don't think we're there yet. So there's two ways I always look at that losing the locker room thing. Uh, when people ask that question over the years and it's one, and we're talking about, did the, are, are the guys listening to the coaches anymore? And that's what you just talked about, right? Like, did the coaches lose or keep the locker room? And I would agree with you. Like, 
I don't think that's going to be an issue, especially with the guys on defense. And I, I, you could argue that like losing Tracy Walker is going to make that challenging. And to the point I'm going to make in a minute, it will. But the coaches there have those guys' respect. There's no other way to get around that. I mean, I don't see that happening. But the other part of that, especially when you have a young team, is losing their attention. It's losing their day-to-day focus and losing their, you know, I see this written all the time now, Colton, about younger, uh, quiet quitting <laughs> younger people <laughs> in uh, in just the regular life. Like, they're still going to respect you. They're still going to do what they need to do and get their work done. But, like, man, we're losing. This sucks. Like, that would be, you know, or am I going to really give you my mental focus the way that I know I need to? I'm going to go out there and I'm going to run hard and I'm going to touch the line on every drill and I'm going to do all the things that I look like I need to do. But you and I know what I'm talking about here. Like with the young players, it's not about, did you lose their willingness to fight for you? They're always going to do that for you on game days. It's about the day to day. Are you, are you going to keep their focus? Are you going to keep their engaged? Are they, yeah. Are they engaged? Are they there with you the whole way? That would be the thing defensively that I would start to be concerned about because like, and I would be on alert for, I guess, if I was the coaches, because like the th- other thing there is offensively, you just mentioned Taylor and Ragnow and, you know, shoot, even Goff. Um, some of those guys, they're older guys, you know. Yeah. Some of their older guys are Josh Reynolds. They're playing well. The, the older guys on offense are playing good football. The older guys on defense are not playing good football. Who the hell on defense can stand up in that room and be like, hey. Yeah, man. Shut the hell up and listen to AG. It's not really a thing right now. It's a lot of guys who are not really playing their best ball, and they're all frustrated and pissed. And the one guy that I would say that you could say was probably playing his best was Walker. And he's hurt, and he's the one guy who I thought probably could stand up and kept and kept talking to those guys. But look, do not give up on me. Don't quit on me because I know what that's like. If we're just going to go through the motions, we'll get our ass kicked out here, and everybody will get embarrassed anyway. You got to have a guy like that. Maybe Elliot can do that. Some of that, I don't know. Somebody's got to do it. That's a great point because in the locker room, that was that was on my mind. Like yeah. I'm walking through the locker room, I'm seeing all these dudes that are pissed off after this 29-0 loss, and I think I went up to Isaiah Bugs and I was like, "Look, man, mm-hmm. like, what's going on? Like, do you guys miss a guy like Tracy in this locker room right now? Like a veteran who can yeah tell it like it is for you guys?" And he's just like, "Oh, hell yeah, absolutely. Like we need that. One, mm-hmm. someone has to step up here because." That's been an issue. Like he straight up was like, "Yes, we're missing Tracy right now. We're missing his le- his leadership. Big we're missing time. his voice." And to me, it's like I don't really know if there's a guy like maybe Deshaun, but even Deshaun's like I'm more of a lead by example guy. Like I'm not going to change well, who I am just because someone else is out. That's true. That's fair. I can't argue with. But that. it's like yeah. there aren't a lot of those dudes on this team. There's and not. You have it on the coaching staff, but you don't really have it in that locker room in terms of the players. And so that's something that's always been on the back of my mind as they're losing these games. Yeah, defensively, because Angeloni's talking, and I'm just like, "Yeah, well, you didn't really play well. You're not really so playing well, man." <laughs> like in there, and you can hear Campbell. Yeah, the other guy plays best game, and I'm like, "I don't know what tape you're watching, man." Yeah. Like that's one where I'm like, eh, "I feel like that's not a thing I would keep pumping here." Yeah. Talking about how certain guys are having their best games when they're not. You know what yeah. I mean? That's gonna wear thin. I don't know who it is, but you're to your point, Colton. I don't care if it's. Malcolm Rodriguez, if he puts together three games that are really good and he's playing great football or something, and he steps up and says something, I I don't think that they're I don't think they have a room there that would disrespect that. I think they have it'd be pretty open based on the guys that we know that are in there. It's just like, but you're like to your point, you got a lot of guys who are probably looking at each other, being like, somebody's got to say something here. Yeah, and I don't really want to do it because I feel like I'm as responsible as him, and you know all that. I feel like that's probably part of this too. 
Um, yeah. Ideally, you'd like your high doubt, you know, Okuda, somebody like that, to be the guy that does that. But it's also like Jeff is still in a situation where he's trying to get his own shit right. So I, I get it. But that's the thing I do worry about with them defensively right now. It's like you, you don't have Tracy anymore. And that was the guy that, and Campbell knew it, the guy that could hold them all together, the guy that's been here when it's been just awful, miserable, like couldn't get worse. And in the first couple months of Dan Campbell, Aaron Glenn, Walker was so big for them because his attitude was so good every single day. And all the guys kept it up with him. And that'd be one that I would make sure he's in there every day. I I don't know what his rehab schedule is. But if I were the Lions, I'd be like, we're going to wheel you in (laughs) to the room or get you a scooter or whatever the thing is. Because he has to be around them, I guess, if nobody else does it. That's my concern is, are you going to lose your focus? Yeah. I actually found the... uh the Isaiah Bugs quote that I didn't use in the okay, story, yeah. but it really kind of stood out to me because uh, he was talking about, he said the coaches like to say being a leader, it's not all about being vocal all the time. It's about action, which is true. Yeah. He said, when Tracy was here, he had a lot of the action behind those words and we need to find that. We need to get that back. We need mm-hmm. to find that guy that's going to lead these guys with a C on their chest and need to step up and be more. Everybody period just needs to step up and be more. We've got to show more action than we're speaking, speaking about it and not doing it. Don't mean nothing. So you got to do it. You just got to go yep. out and do it. And that's true. Like, they don't Absolutely. really have that guy right now. So, no. they're, they're certainly not anybody like, that's playing well. Yeah. No. Right. <laughs> like, there's some young players like like Malcolm and, and Jeff uh-huh. and, you know, Kirby. They're all out there, but like, I don't think any of those guys are sort of the vocal no. leader that you need. And the, the veterans on this team just aren't in a position where they can demand more from others because they need to play better too. So, it's a tough spot. Like, I don't really know how much you can do. It is a tough spot, and some of it is, un- unfortunately, uh, as we've talked, you know, one guy we're talking about here is hurt. It's, it's injuries. I mean, you know, you're you're banged up. Romeo Okora is a guy that gets lost in the shuffle all the time in this discussion, and he has been such a big injury for them. Uh, everybody forgets that they were, like, a series away or whatever. Justin Tucker kicked that 60-something yard field goal, and that was the game. I think Romeo got hurt the next week, and Romeo was... That was against Lamar Jackson. Romeo was amazing. He ran all over the field, made plays that whole game, and they made plays that whole game against the Ravens and had people calling them about how did you defend that offense. That's what was going on. And then Romeo gets hurt. They lose their Sam linebacker. They have not been able to replace it. Some of it is that. Some of it is you got to get healthy. Like They have had a lot of injuries on defense. It's not unfair to say. I know people don't like to say that. I know that's not an, ex, you know, like it's the same thing. Like I joke about how um, I know Aiden Hutch- Hutchinson's pressures don't count when he gets them. <laughs> like when somebody else, when somebody else gets them, it's cool. I get it. I get all of it. It's Lions, right? It's SOL. We've been doing it for a hundred years. I get it. But you also got to give these guys a break because they haven't been doing it for a hundred years. Yeah. They've been doing it for two. I know, man. Okay. So understand that. Understand the situation. I'm not shocked about where they're at. Um, I'm surprised and as frustrated, I guess, maybe it's not surprised. I'm as frustrated as anybody else that you don't see the growth at a, at a, at a rap, more rapid level with Campbell on the sideline. You'd like to see that start to improve. And if that doesn't start yeah. to improve, then we have another conversation. Yeah. You know, I get all that, but to be panicking and all of that, 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 that feels like a bit much to me. I think so too. <laughs> yeah. That feels like a bit much. Yeah. But in any event, I think that's what we'll wrap it this week. We're not going to go on too long. No Lions game this Sunday. I know uh, we've got more coming for you on Monday on the site. Uh, we did a big dive, mostly on the defense. 
And then we'll be back, of course, next week uh, to preview who they got next week. Who are we talking about here? Uh, Dallas. After... Maybe, maybe Dak will be Oh, back my God. <laughs> so we got the Cowboys who Michael are playing Parsons. really good football all yeah. over the place. Yeah, Dallas yeah. is playing really well all over the place. So that'll be a good one to preview next week. We'll be back with a longer show uh, in any event. Hopefully our voices will be back, too, uh, for Colton. I'm Nick. <laughs> uh, thanks so much. We'll talk to you guys later.